Hey guys, real quick, before we get started, I have a small request. If you've been blessed by our content and you like this show, would you take just a brief moment and leave us a five-star review? This is quite possibly the most effective thing that you can do to ensure that this content gets out to as many people as possible. Thanks. But I don't consider this a sermon. And the reason I'm saying that is because you're going to detect a lot of opinion here. And it may be opinion you disagree with strongly. But I'm trying to apply the words of Scripture, so I'm doing my best here. I just want to make sure there's a distinction. I don't want to bind consciences where it's not appropriate, right? And I recognize that some, some of the things I might say potentially will, I don't want to say trigger you because that's kind of an insult, but like you might disapprove <laughs> instantly. <laughs> but I don't intend to issue commands. I just, what I want to do today is I want to encourage people to think through some, something, and, and, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but just from a slightly different perspective than you might be used to. But that being said, I am going to read the words of God. We're going to start with Scripture. This comes from Romans 12. And as you know, Romans 12, it comes right before Romans 13. Which means the direct context is talking about how Christians relate to government, right? And so let me read the words of God. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. So, again, I I know you might find this hard to believe, but over the years, some people have called my opinions controversial at times. I've had a hard time accepting this, but I intend to earn the reputation today. So we live in perilous times. I don't think that anyone in this audience would question that. We came to a conference about defying tyrants. And so the reason you did that is because it's it's apparent that tyrants are on the move, and they've been moving at lightning speed over the past couple of years. I, you know, I can't count how many times I've said to people, my brother, you know, my wife, you know, if you would have told me two years ago that this would have happened, just fill in the blank with a hundred different things, I would have told you you were crazy. And then the thing happens. But these things have not happened without some measure of defiance. In fact, there have been numerous protests and 
uh, pushbacks to the power grabs that we have seen. And the most recent one was the trucker convoy. Well, the most recent one I want to talk about is the trucker convoy in Ottawa. Now, this event was widely promoted amongst conservative circles. The mainstream media promoted it. I'm a member of Gab.com, which I really enjoy. It was everywhere on Gab.com. Memes uh, over the wall, all over the place. Even the brothers at CrossPolitik and Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, which I'm a a podcaster on, they were supportive of the trucker convoy. And I've seen tons of memes where it's all about the patriotism and the bravery of the truckers who had joined the convoy, and they were brave, so I'm not going to disagree with that. But if you watch my content, then you know that I've been kind of lukewarm about the trucker convoy. And I recognize this puts me at odds with most people, the people that I respect most in the world. But I cannot help but feel uneasy about the whole thing. And it's not about the goals, right? Like, I, I, I supported the goal. I wanted it to succeed. In fact, I would tell people, man, I hope I'm wrong about this convoy. I hope, you know, hope it works. But to be honest, I just didn't understand the tactics. I didn't get it. And I, I didn't get why so many people were supporting it, and I didn't understand how it was supposed to accomplish the goals that they said they wanted to accomplish. Now, I'm going to be honest because, you know, that's what I want to do here, and hopefully all the time, but I, actually I'm not really that lukewarm about it. Like, I think that the trucker convoy idea was extremely questionable. Now, I hesitate to say some of the things I'm about to say because I don't want to throw cold water over pushback. Like, we need all the help we can get right now. But I think, and and, and again, let me make this clear. I am opposed to vaccine mandates. I'm opposed to mask mandates. Any kind of idea from the COVID tyranny, I am opposed to it, you know, 100%. So I want it to stop. I want freedom to to, to rule the, the day. I just don't think that this idea was a good idea. And I think we ought to think these things through and be smart, smarter than this in the future. Let's just think, what I was hoping to do was to show you a video of some of the things I want to talk about today. Because there was tons of videos, and, and um, I found these videos on all kinds of platforms. TikTok, YouTube, you know, all, all the cool kids are, what are they using now? Is it, I think it's TikTok, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like almost boomer, so I don't, I don't get that stuff. <laughs> so, so anyway, I, I want to I think through the trucker thing in objective terms. Like, what were they actually doing, right? I'm not asking what it was supposed to mean or what they were trying to accomplish. Like, I'm, I'm all good with that. What I'm, what I'm asking is what was actually objectively going on in Ottawa. Now, before I get to this next section, let me sidestep some criticism, because I've actually talked about this before, and what I get is, you know, AD, the, your big problem is you listen to too much mainstream media. It's the mainstream media, they were, they were putting a negative spin on the protests, and it wasn't really like that. Now, I, I, let me just sidestep that. I, I didn't watch any mainstream media about this. I didn't watch any, like I didn't read anything about it. I don't have time to read. <laughs> I read. I didn't watch any videos. I, didn't, I don't watch any news reports. What, what I saw was all from pro-trucker sources, and it was not you know, mainstream sources. It was like independent journalists, people that just went to Ottawa and walked around with, it, with a video camera. So that's what I saw. And so what that means is that there would be no reason for these people to, to negatively spin this. They were f- supporting this. 
And what I want to do as I go through what was happening in Ottawa, I want you to consider what I just read from Romans 12. And I'm going to make you do it because I'm going to read it. (laughs) All right. So so think think this through and then think, is this how a Christian ought to behave in the face of a tyrannical government? Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Outdo one another in showing honor. One thing I saw a lot of in the videos were a lot of vulgarities. I saw many profanities uttered by the crowds. And I'm not just talking about the obvious false flag stuff that the government attempted to do, like the Nazi flag. That was a Fed. We all understand what was happening there. That was a Fed trying to make the crowd look racist. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about, though, are the stuff that was, the stuff that was clearly real, like F. Trudeau stuff, right? Let's go Brandon, that kind of stuff. That stuff was real, and let's just be honest, reviling against a government, even if it's a horrible government, I don't think that's what Romans 12 had in mind. Because here's what God's word says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Now, again, I've heard the objections. You know, A.D., you're overgeneralizing. The whole protest wasn't like that. That was just part of it. The protest was mostly peaceful, which is a weird turn of phrase for a conservative. But it's true, though. I have to give that objection some credence. It wasn't all like that, right? There were some normal protests going on. There was some preaching going on. And I'm not going to stand against preaching, obviously. But even in the best case scenario, let's think through the tactics as well. Like, I'm trying to be objective. I'm not trying to think about what it means, but what is actually happening, right? So the the trucks, they go to the center of Ottawa or wherever they were, and they decide, you know, we're going to sit in this part of the city. We're just going to sit there, and we're going to honk our horns. (laughs) I did that for him over there. And at first, this is what I heard. Again, I was corrected about this, because I said at first they were honking all through the night, right? And I was corrected, and so I'll give you the correction. They started honking all through the night, and then there was a ordinance that that I guess a, a judge said, you know, a court order, you can't honk at night. And, you know, they were considerate. They said, okay, we'll only honk all day. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But I, I just, I just kept thinking about this. Like, I'm, I'm the target audience of this protest. Like, I'm for, I'm against all the same things they're against. I just kept thinking, like, what if it was my town that they were doing this in? Like, I've got kids, and they got to take their naps. Like, this is, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the target audience, and I would be upset that they were there. So again, how do we, how do we square this with believers, right? Here's what the scripture says. They're, they're honking. <laughs> Live in harmony with one another, the scripture says. Do not be haughty. And again, keep in mind, guys, this is from the section that's telling you how to deal with tyrannical governments. Do not be haughty. Associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Don't only think about the tactics, though, but think about the optics, too. Like, there was some strange stuff going on in Ottawa. I'll never forget the, the first video I saw from Ottawa. This was, the, it was one of the early nights. 
And there was this guy just walking around. He, he, he must have had a GoPro, and he was live. And I, I messaged Joel, because I wanted you to see this video. This was a TikTok video. And it was ridiculous. It was like, it's a dance party. And so there was coolers full of Molson's Canadian or whatever they drink up there. And they're dancing. It's like, and it's not like, it's like Baby Got Back. Like it, there's no message to the song. And push it, you know, like push it real good. Like that's what they were dancing to. It was weird. And, and these guys had no rhythm. <laughs> and I saw people hitting like empty diesel cans like this. And it was just, it was weird. I used to go to parties like that. And, and they were lame back then. And they're lame now. I heard one comedian describe it as a gay rave, and I, I, I didn't say it. He's a comedian. He can say stuff like that. And guys, let's just, just to be clear, I'm a Presbyterian. I'm not against dancing or drinking. <laughs> but again, I just have to ask, is this the form that our protest should take? Like, what is that supposed to accomplish besides taking people off? And again, contrast that with the words of God. Beloved, never avenge yourself. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Even the strategy, I, I, just, I just didn't make sense to me. And again, I could be wrong. A lot of this is my opinion, but initially, like, I, I heard, the strategy was, was debatable, but some of the guys I heard early was, the idea was to disrupt the supply chains. They take trucks off the street, they block certain places, and then they would force the government's hand so they had to cave, because if they didn't cave, people would start to wonder, well, you know, why don't I have food? Why don't I have the stuff that I need, right? And again, the strategy was debatable, but that was an early, you know, thing I, I had read. But I, but I, I just don't understand that, because even if it did work, right, which some people think it did, but even if it did, you're, 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 you're kind of forcing the wrong people to suffer, right? Like, it's everyday folks that need the goods. They need the food. They need the stuff. The tyrants are going to have access to their military stuff. Like, they're, they're not going to suffer, right? But the idea is they don't, the tyrants don't want the people to suffer, so they'll, they'll, they'll you know, you can, you can twist their arms and things like that. But I just don't see the strategy being Christian, because the God's, God's strategy here, don't avenge yourself. To the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. He talks about heaping burning coals. How does disrupting the supply chain heap burning coals on the heads of our enemies? And I, I, I want to say this with respect because I know that many of you likely did support the trucker thing and still do probably. And that's okay. But I just, what I want to do is make sure that we think through the way that we fight tyranny. Because if we get it wrong, something like this could easily backfire. I think the people that, imagine if it lasted a long time, right? Because it lasted a decent amount of time. But imagine if it lasted to the point where the supply chain really was disrupted, right? Like, who are the people going to be mad at? I mean, ideally, they'd be mad at the tyrants, right? But the tyrants own the media and the narrative. And so, when they control the media and they control the story, who do you think the people that watch that media are going to be mad at? And the other thing is, most people aren't self-reliant. They're, 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 they're totally reliant on these supply chains. So people are going to suffer. And you know what? Honestly, when people are wondering where the next meal is going to come from, they're going to support whoever gets the stuff flowing again. 
And so I think that the strategy was doomed from the start. Like, you can't defeat tyranny by providing the tyrant with a case study on why they need more power to provide a consistent supply of goods. I think the trucker convoy could have handed the tyrant a gift-wrapped winning narrative. And it did it with obnoxious honking and dance parties that eventually that was going to look really tone deaf. In the, middle, in the middle of a major city, too. And also, while some of the people in the convoy are calling for Trudeau to be imprisoned, they're calling for his head. Like, I'm not saying the truckers deserve what happened to them. But what I'm saying is, what do they expect to happen to them? You think Trudeau was just going to sit back and let it happen? It reminded me so much of the, of the fake insurrection on the 6th, right? This one seemed more avoidable than that one, though, because that one people just got swept up in the moment, right? I think the trucker convoy could have gone way worse than it did, and I'm glad it didn't. There were people that were beaten by the cops, though, so don't hear me downplaying that. That one lady was trampled by the horse. Tons of people. Even if you just donated to the convoy, you got your assets frozen, and you didn't know if it was going to ever get unfrozen. It, it, they eventually did. But I've heard that the people that had their assets frozen for donating money on a GoFundMe, they've got like a permanent mark on their bank accounts now. Like it, it's probably like a mark like, hey, this guy's probably a terrorist. I don't think that they, they're marking these accounts for no reason. Like there's probably going to be credit things associated. Like this is a big deal. These guys are super tyrants. But to be honest, like, I think that it could have gone way worse than it did. Like, Trudeau could have gone more tyrannical than he did. And so, again, I just, tactically, the, the trucker convoy, I'm, I'm supportive of the mission, right? Tactically, I think it's extremely questionable. I think of the words of God from Peter, where, where it says, what credit is it when you sin, you're beaten for it, you endure like some of the stuff that they were doing was sinful in my opinion. And so they got beaten for it. And it's like, well, that's, that's not doing you any good. Again, the word of the Lord, do not repay evil for evil, reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Now, you might disagree with me about everything I just said, and that's okay. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. We can still be friends, I hope. <laughs> But I, I, I really just want to encourage you to think through the trucker protest and, and really run it through Romans 12. Does, does God talk about dealing with governments in the ways that they dealt with governments, right? Honking your horn, being a nuisance, throwing a rave, trying to twist the government's arm into granting your requests. These are very perilous times. And so I think in perilous times, you need to think through your moves a little bit more carefully than you do when everything's just fine, right? And so what I want to encourage you is to all think on that today. My, my thesis is very simple. Do not be distracted by the flashy kinds of media attention-grabbing uh, protests, the kinds that are romanticized in, in movies and in memes. Do, don't be fooled by the approved defiance spectacles that get a lot of attention. I put the trucker thing in that category. I put January 6th in that category. I put Black Lives Matter in that category, although for very different reasons. Occupy Wall Street. Like These are the things that get a whole lot of attention from the media. Don't be distracted by those. On the contrary, I submit 
that you should focus most of your attention and your energy and your money on everyday defiance, obedient defiance. Obeying God in everyday ways will automatically put you against tyrants. It'll automatically have you define tyranny, even without even trying very hard. Amen. And it will do so in a much longer-lasting, multi-generational way that it's going to be more like leaven going through the whole lump of dough. What I'm not saying is don't attend rallies. Like if, you, if you like that kind of stuff and you think it's effective, I'm not telling you it isn't, and I'm not telling you not to go. If the trucker dance party sounds appealing, then <laughs> knock yourself out. Same thing with January 6th. You know, a lot of people that I know went to that thing. You know, if you want to go, that's fine. Black Lives Matter, don't go to that. <laughs> Unless you're going to preach there. <clears throat> but I can't make a rule where God has not made a rule. God has not said don't attend a protest, right? What I do want to, you to do is to be careful when you're at these things. Because it's so easy to get swept up in the moment and things, then they turn to debauchery or revolution. And like, look, I, I recognize that the dance party, you know, whatever, that was only one aspect of the protest, you know. And, and, and the January 6th thing, right? Like, not everybody went into the Capitol. But I don't think that hardly anybody that went into the Capitol went to D.C. planning to go to the Capitol. They got swept up in the moment. And they had, let's just face it, like, there were some feds out there encouraging it. I think that the feds are all over this kind of stuff, trying to create an event. And so it's easy to get swept up in the moment. So if you do go, just be careful that you don't cross the line. Just to, just to reinforce that this is not a sermon, this is not a Bible up here. This is a, a book by R.G. Rushdoony. It's a great book. It's about the law of God. It's called The Institutes of Biblical Law. And I reference this whenever I don't understand the law, right? I, it's, it's very good. Not everything he says is true, but it's a good book. And there's a section here where he's talking about how self-defense, even violent self-defense, is legitimate for a Christian. He's saying it's, oh, that's okay. And I, hear, I want you to hear what he instantly says right after this, because he, he, he talks to this issue so, so well. He says, in an evil world, God requires men. God requires men to stand in terms of his word and law. At this point, many will cite Matthew 5, 39, resist not evil. The point made by Christ in this passage has reference to a resistance to an alien power which governs the land and that can compel a man by forced draft to serve you know, the Roman imperial forces for a mile, you know, go with them a mile or more. He says, in such a case, resistance is futile and wrong. Cooperation, going the second mile, is more productive of good. Christ's words were thus a warning against revolutionary resistance. His warning was repeated by St. Paul in Romans 13 with the warning that resistance to the duly constituted authority is resistance to the ordinance of God. At the same time, we must note that Peter and other apostles, when they were forbidden to preach, they said, we ought to obey God rather than men. There is no discrepancy between these positions. Respect for duly constituted authorities is required both as a religious duty and as a practical policy. The world, listen to this part, the world is not bettered by disobedience and anarchy. Evil men cannot produce 
a good society. The key to social renewal is individual regeneration. So I think what Rush Duny has in mind here are the kinds of events like, like, like January 6th, right? That's not appropriate for a Christian to go into the Capitol and try to do whatever they were doing, whatever they were trying to do. Who, know, who even knows? Self-defense is good, but ordinary defiance, the kind where they say you can't preach, but you preach anyway because God said so, that's the kind that a Christian ought to be engaged in. It'll be longer lasting, and it'll be like leaven going through the whole lump of dough. <clears throat> so here's what I'm telling you, and I believe this with all my heart, that the flashy kind of protests, like the, the quick flash in the pan, the ones that the media likes, I don't think that's where lasting change comes from, especially when it's the kind of protest that tends towards inappropriate, ungodly revolution. I think that lasting change is change that is desirable for a godly order. Where that comes from is everyday Obedience, And I think this is clearly taught in Scripture when you think about it. Like, the story of Jonah, you know, Jonah goes to Nineveh, he says, you know, God's going to destroy, you know, your, your city, and then they, they, you know, they repent, and they sackcloth and ashes, and then God doesn't do it, right? He doesn't destroy Nineveh. Unbelievable, they repented somehow, and God stops the disaster. But did it last? No, it didn't last. Eventually, the great city of Nineveh went back to its old ways, and they were destroyed. The repentance didn't last, even though the text says that their grief over their sin, it was real. It was temporary, the, 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 the change that was made. And this wasn't even like the, uh, the Ottawa thing, right? Because the Ottawa thing, they were playing hip-hop music, honking their horns like madmen, being a nuisance. The people in Nineveh, actually repented. They were actually grieving in sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes. They were fasting in repentance, and it still didn't last. And I think the reason why it didn't last is because God was not uh, in it. They weren't thinking about God when they repented. They were thinking about their own skins. Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor it, who build it, labor in vain. <clears throat> Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go to rest late. If God is not with you, then the effort that you make won't amount to much. So again, I ask you, the threats to Trudeau, the honking, the dancing, the vulgarity, all of that stuff, was God building that house? I want to fight tyranny just like everybody does, and I want to do it, though, according to God's ordinances, obedience to God, because I do believe that obedience to God requires defying tyrants. And so <clears throat> here's the thing. Sometimes people get caught up in this, this, this false dichotomy, right? Because now I've come against the trucker convoy. Like, why do you hate truckers, A.D.? So what are you saying? We should do nothing? And I think that th I've been called a dis disinformation agent at this point. I've been called controlled opposition. And the, the evidence for this is that I'm not, I'm, I want people to do nothing because I'm opposing the trucker convoy. And I think that this, this kind of false choice thinking, it's everywhere. I'm guilty of it, just like everybody's guilty of it at times. And it traps people, right? Because it's like, okay, so I'm not supporting the trucker convoy. 
Um, so you're doing nothing. And the thing is like, well, I want to do something. So I guess I'll truck, support the trucker convoy. And what it does is it distracts you from the things that you, know, you really should be focusing on. So what I want to do is I want to suggest three basic strategies that we can all do that will yield results, in my opinion. And I think that these are way better options than, than, the, than the protests, the media protests. And then, you know, the, my point is that even if you still want to go to a protest, right, at least consider doing these things also. So the first one, ordinary defiance. Ordinary defiance. Everyday ordinary defiance, in my opinion, is far preferable to the flashy kind of defiance. And it takes just as much bravery and it's far more likely to stick. Ordinary disobedience is far more preferable to showy disobedience, and it's just as patriotic, and it's just as, it's more impactful, rather, in the long term. And I'm talking about basic stuff, right? I'll give you a small example. Do you remember when President Biden got elected, and like the next week he came out with his like 20-point plan of how to defeat COVID, and everybody knew he was gonna come out with this federal mask mandate. And, you know, conservative you know, media was all over it. They were freaking out. People were like, I can't believe the tyranny and all of this kind of stuff. And I remember, I remember laughing about it. I was like, what's he going to do, arrest me walking down the street? Like, come on. Like, You're not wearing a mask, sir. Go to the federal prison. Like, <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to comply with it. And then, like, it came out. Then, then the actual mandate came out. And then I laughed a lot. Like, I'm talking IRL, LOLing. Because the federal mask mandate, the big bad, you know, tyranny was just for federal buildings or, you know, also federal employees. I feel bad for federal employees. But like, it was just federal buildings. I was like, it reminded me, like, we think these guys are like uber powerful, but like, he's like, here's my big bad mandate. If you come to my house, you have to wear a mask. I'm like, all right, I'm just as powerful. <laughs> but I knew I wasn't going to comply with that either. <laughs> I went to the post office the next day. <laughs> and I knew I wasn't going to wear a mask, right? And I didn't. And something happened. The workers there were nicer to me than they've ever been. And in fact, there was this one worker. He's this very flamboyant gay guy. And he asked me, like, what my book was about. Because, you know, I always ship books from the, the post office. And we had a nice little chat. And that's it. That's the end of the story. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> the, the feds weren't called, you know. I was telling one person, one time I went to Walmart, and uh, the, woman, the woman says, hey, would you like a mask, sir? I was like, no, thank you. Or no, she said, she said uh, do you have a mask, sir? I was like, no, not today, and I just kept walking. And uh, I heard her get on the, uh, the radio, we got another one. <laughs> Nothing happened, that's the end of the story. <laughs> but I think, and this is just everyday stuff, right? I'm not saying I'm, I was risking nothing. Like, I knew I wasn't going to be fined. I mean, that's the worst they could do, find me. I don't, you know, I'll pay the fine, that'll be it. But I think this has more of an impact than we think, right? I was risking barely anything. But I don't know about you, but like I always hear about people, you know, lamenting how we've lost the sense of community and stuff because of social media and video games and dancing. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but I got to be honest, like I've built a lot of community in the past two years with non-mask wearing people. I've stuck up so many conversations with other non-masters. Sometimes just a nod, like, yeah, we get it. We get it. It's like instant rapport, right? We have nothing in common, but like I can see your face, so that's good. 
But that, I, I think it has an impact, guys. Have you ever had the experience where you walk into a store without a mask and someone wearing a mask pulls it down when they see you? It happens all the time. It, I'm telling you, this has an impact on people. This is everyday stuff. But I don't want to trivialize this, too, because I, I risk nothing by wearing a mask, not wearing a mask in public. But, you know, some people had to potentially get, get fired from their jobs, Right? What happens if you are a federal employee and Biden has his, you know, he has his authority there? Well, then you got a choice to make, right? And I submit to you that if you want to fight tyranny, one way to do it is just to say no, let them fire you, and figure out your life. Go about your business. There's always a choice. This is preferable because it's genuine, right? It's not like I'm opposing your mask mandate. I'm secretly wearing it at work, but I'll come to the dance party. <clears throat> everyday defiance is genuine. It's not contrived. Let love be genuine is what the scripture I read says. Everyday defiance looks like keeping your church open even when the government tells you it's too dangerous and you need to shut it down. Everyday defiance is singing songs to the Lord with all your might even when the propaganda tells you that singing is the quickest way to die. Because suddenly... Even though we've dealt with airborne diseases our entire life, suddenly breathing is dangerous because the government told you it is. But we're going to sing anyway. That's everyday defiance. That, that is so impactful to people. I have a, I have a story where I was, I'm, I'm a Presbyterian, but I go to a Baptist church because there's really no Presbyterian churches around, except for one that when we visited, they said, well, don't sing because it's too dangerous. Instead, you'll hum the songs to yourself. I'll never go back to that church. I mean, it, it, that had an impact on me the way singing loudly would have an impact on somebody else. <clears throat> Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. That's something from what I just read, right? Everyday defiance is inviting people to your house for dinner or to a barbecue, because we're in Texas, or to game night or whatever. Be even when the government tells you, you know, you, gotta can you might want to think of canceling Thanksgiving. Everyday defiance is like, no, I'm just going to you know, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. It has an impact on people. You know, my wife and I, we invited someone over our house, and she was like, I know, like, I just haven't been anywhere in like a year. I was like, like man, that, that, that hurts me, because she was obviously in pain. <clears throat> Everyday defiance is visiting the elderly, laying hands on the sick, even if the government demands you to quarantine and let them die alone. Everyday defiance is simply this, choosing to obey God rather than men because God told you to. I don't know about you, but every one of those things that I just read, including the stupid mask thing at Walmart, is a million times better than a million let's go Brandon chants at the NASCAR race. Let's go Brandon chants at the NASCAR race don't amount to anything compared to just going to visit an elderly person when they're sick, even though the government tells you not to. <clears throat> We've got to think these things through very carefully. I believe the government wants you to protest in the flashy way. I think they love that. I think they, 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 that's why they draw media attention to it. They control the media, right? They, you know, if they didn't like that stuff, they would just, it would disappear quicker than a story on Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> or the fact that he's on the board of a Ukrainian uh, gas company. 
That's how fast it would disappear if they didn't want to draw attention to it. They do love it. And it's for different reasons, right? Because I think what they like to do is like the, the, you know, the commie stuff, like you know, the Black Lives Matter protests. They like that because they like chaos, right? Because chaos leads them to more power. But like the patriotic protests, right? I think they like these two for a different reason because I think they try to, 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 to draw attention to it and then crush it easily, like they did in Canada. They bring in the cavalry. I mean, it's like, like, why were there horses when there's just like, Little old ladies, in a, she was in a walker, for goodness sake. Why did they bring the, they wanted to humiliate her. So they love that kind of stuff. Because I think they think it leads them to have more power anyway. See, everyday defiance is far superior in almost every conceivable way. But, but one way is that you don't get into their media news, because that's their playground. They control the narrative there. And that's a feature, that's not a bug. Another good example of this is Pastor Coates in Canada, right? Like, he's arrested for having worship service. The government said it's too dangerous. That's everyday defiance, right? He went about his business. That's all he was doing. He went about his business because he answers to God. They arrested him, and he took responsibility for his own protest into his own hands. He didn't go trying to you know, hold anyone hostage or anything. He did it. He did it on his own you know, property, his own thing. And imagine what would have happened if we had legions of people doing exactly what he did. You see, there were no results there because so many of the other Canadians were cowards. But if every Christian pastor in Canada was doing that exact thing, you think they would have arrested them all? I don't think so. Because then the optics look bad on them. They, could, we don't, they can't turn that table. This is an example worth following, in my opinion. It's everyday obedient defiance. Obedient to God, defiant to tyrants. But that's just the beginning. My second strategy. My second strategy is self-reliance. So we've got the first strategy, everyday defiance. Second strategy, self-reliance. It rhymes. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> I remember I was, I was actually on Pastor Joel's podcast. Where's Pastor Joel? I was on his great podcast, and we were talking about tyranny, and we were outlining the definitions because Pastor Joel is a much better speaker than me, so he wants to define his terms. I just let it ride. <laughs> but what he said, what we talked about, and we said, a tyrant is someone to, who's attempting to op- operate and control things outside of their jurisdiction. Like, they're not staying in their lane, right? So if, 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 if Biden came and he said, you know, you really got to discipline your kids this way, that would be tyranny. But if I do it, you know, if I discipline my kids the way I, I need to do it, it's not tyranny because that's my role. So they're not staying in their lane. So it's tyranny for the government to do the vaccine mandates or you know, the mask mandates or whatever because the, the government doesn't have that jurisdiction, not, not over your work, not over personal health care, quite frankly, not even over the economy. That's not their realm. But that does not mean nobody has jurisdiction over these things. Somebody does, and that somebody's you. You see, the government has this huge bureaucracy, right? So like every area of your life is micromanaged by this array of agencies and departments. And this is like the form tyranny typically takes, right? It's like, I hate to break it to you, but like there are a lot of people here worried about socialism coming to America. It's already here. It's already here. And it was, but it was slow rolled. So you'd accept it. So like what happens is the agency that was started to keep you well fed and healthy, the FDA, 
they're now using it to ban treatments that might heal you because it doesn't align with the goal of the tyrants. The same banking systems that were introduced, I mean, it just blows my mind. The Federal Reserve was introduced to keep employment high and prices stable. That's not necessarily historically accurate, but that's what they say their goal is now. Now, that same agency, their whole mission seems to be eroding your life savings. Also, freezing the bank accounts of people that they don't like. The same department that's supposed to improve educational quality so no child's left behind is now, by law, forcing schools to teach children the joys of sodomy, cross-dressing, and why white people are evil. This is what happens when you relinquish your responsibility to the government and let them take responsibility for it instead. They always become corrupted. They always become a beast. And so we protest, but this is the problem with our protests so many times. Our protests simply seek to either tear down the system or revile against the system, the same system that so many of us rely on. So you can scream, let's go Brandon all you want, but if Brandon eventually decides to go full dictator on you, how are you gonna survive your bank account being frozen? Or worse, like what if Brandon doesn't cave? How are you gonna survive the shutdown of the supply chain that you yourself initiated? People, some people have said that many countries are just a few meals away from total chaos. And that's true for too many of us. So we can't just have chaos, right? We can't just revile the systems that we depend on. We need to replace that system. Because if we revile against the systems we depend on, we're essentially cutting off the branch that we're standing on. So we must take responsibility back for what God gave us so that whatever Brandon decides to do, I think that means Biden. I'm not sure. <laughs> Whatever President Biden decides to do, he does what he has to do, but we'll do what we have to do. So here's a few examples. This, and it doesn't end here. Number one, rule yourself. Rule yourself. Your sinful passions and desires that are at war within you, you must put them to death. If you watch porn, just stop. How can you rule a household if you can't rule yourself? How much sense does it make to protest the depravity of porn or Hollywood or whatever if you're a customer. Let your denial of your fleshly desires be your protest. Don't consent to it. If you are in debt because of your covetousness, get out of debt. Make it a protest. Don't consent to the debt-based financial How much sense does it make to rail against the Federal Reserve, they have a debt-based money, if you're in debt, how much sense does it make to wring your hands about the national debt, the libs keep adding to it, if you keep adding to your own debt? Don't be a debtor. Be a creditor. The Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. That's not something that's potentially true. It is true. Don't be a debtor. Don't be a slave. Be a creditor, and you'll be the master. I saw someone online that and he was being snarky, right? Like, he was, he was against the trucker convoy too, but he was like really against us, wacko. <laughs> but he said, how about instead of giving money to the trucker convoy, we call it MasterCard and give them their money back? That's what I'm talking about though, right? He was being snarky. But that's a protest, man. I'm not gonna borrow your money anymore. Let that be your protest, right? These are basic things, and I think they'll have a huge impact, even if things were good, 
they'd have a huge impact on your family. Imagine a child growing up to see his father, like if he wants something or needs something, instead of becoming a slave, going into debt, he just saved up until he had enough money to buy it. Or he controlled his passions, you know, I don't need it right now. Instead of just reviling, oh, you know, I can't believe all the debt I have. Here's another way. <clears throat> Here's another way to practice self-reliance. Educate your own kids, right? Don't outsource that one. Because this is the thing, I, I, and I'm not against protesting the school board, right? Like, I'm, I, my kids are homeschooled, but I also don't want other people's kids to learn about sodomy. You know, I mean, call me crazy. My kids are homeschooled, but I, I also don't want other kids to learn that white people are the devil. So, 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 okay, so, so take those opportunities where, where they are. You know, you can, you, can, you can try to affect change of the school board. Right, but I know, but, but, but one thing needs to be certain. Be self-reliant for your own kids, right? Because like, you might not change the school board's mind about that. They might say, oh, you know, cross-dressing's good. They'll make sure they don't have your kids, though, right? Make sure they don't have your kids. My kids won't be in those systems regardless of what they do with them. So we can change them, but don't rely on them. Here's another protest that I think is growing in popularity, and I'll only be brief here, but who, as much as you can, grow your own food, right? Become your own warehouse. Get utility out of what you own. Make your own property productive. Let it be a protest. It's a lot, think about this, like it's a lot harder to be manipulated by these beasts when you're fully stocked at home, right? It's like, you know, get the vax, or you can't come to my grocery store. Like, that's a lot less tempting when you got chickens at home. You know, you got to approve of sodomy or you can't work here. That's a joke when you have the ability to get utility out of your own property, earn your own money. You know, bow, to the, bow the knee to Lord Trudeau or you can't access your bank account. That's a, that's a laugh riot when you store your wealth primarily outside of the banking system. There are some ways that I do this and other ways I don't. But, you know, like, you can, you can figure it out, is my point. Let that be a protest, right? And the thing is, these are not easy things. I don't want to say they're easy. They're simple. But this is going to make your life harder, right? It's going to be a little more difficult. But that's okay. Let it be a protest. People kept telling me about the trucker combo. You know, freedom's not free. And I agree with that. Freedom's not free. But take it into your own hands. Freedom is not free. So take the time to make your own life a little bit more difficult, but a little more safe. Let this be your protest. Don't rely on the systems that you're protesting, especially if you want to make it last. I think this is the fundamental problem of so many protests these days. Like, if you actually got what you want, some, sometimes, and, and I think this a lot about um, the BLM stuff and, and the Occupy Wall Street stuff, like, if you actually got what you want and overturned capitalism, your life would be ruined almost overnight. <laughs> they're cutting off the branch that they're standing on. Let the libs do that. We don't have to do that. <clears throat> don't put yourself in a position that makes the tyrant's temptations tempting to you. That's a recipe for humiliation and failure. And by the way, I think this is a biblical principle. Man, I'm going long. Sorry, guys. I keep going. <laughs> listen, listen to what Paul says, right? He's talking to, to, to the brothers. He says, look, do this more and more. Aspire to live quietly and mind your own affairs. Work with your own hands as we instructed you. And he says, be dependent on no one. He's, you hear that? He's, like, he's basically saying, mind your own business, work with your own hands, don't rely on anybody. 
Let that be a protest. But no man is an island, so no man, no man can do this himself. So my third strategy, ready? We've got everyday defiance, self-reliance, and community alliances. <laughs> defiance, reliance, alliances. Not bad. <clears throat> Think locally. Start with the family, right? Consider the psalm I read early, the one that says, if the Lord, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. This is a short psalm, only a few sentences. But the continuation of that psalm, listen to this. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb of reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the of, children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. I don't think this is an accident, what God's talking about here. How does God build his house? He builds it by building families. Let this be a protest. Have kids as you are able. Teach them to fear the Lord. Disciple them to obey everything Christ commands. And when you do this enough times and when enough families do this, this is how you accomplish a godly revolution. It's not flashy. It's not flashy, especially, you know, three o'clock in the morning, they wake up and it's like, it won't get you on CNN. Maybe they might deride you a little bit, but it'll last. This is how you build nations. This is how you undermine pagan systems. You, you out-family them. Let your large, well-adjusted, healthy, God-fearing, self-reliant family be your protest. Seriously, let, let the, if you want to tangle with militarized police officers in Ottawa and have a dance party, that's okay. But I suggest have a dance party with your toddlers instead. Let that be your protest. If you want to go into Pelosi's office and like throw her stuff around and you know, go live. That was one guy baked Alaska went live from her office. The maniac. <laughs> let, let, let the other people do that. You teach your son how to build a shed or to go fishing or to go hunting or to grow food. Let it be a protest. In turn, teach your sons to love and grow his extended family. And what that means is his own family, yes, but also his local community, especially the church, right? Our churches to start planning right now. We need to see the trouble coming and adapt. That's almost a Bible verse. It says the righteous man sees trouble coming and hides himself. Let it be a protest, right? They're gonna tempt you with all kinds of conveniences that we don't think of as conveniences. We think of them as necessities, but they're conveniences. It's already begun. Banking, food, jobs, all of these are currently being tied to obeying the tyrants and their schemes, right? Climate schemes, sexual perversions, all of it. In the future, if you don't go along with this, you're going to have trouble banking. You're going to have trouble getting loans. You're going to have trouble with food and travel and employment. If you don't go with the program, this is already happening. I know guys that can't get on a plane right now. They're not terrorists. They just say the wrong thing about sodomy. We need to be prepared for it by cultivating local supply chains, local food, local economies. Let it be a protest. Build things. I'm going to talk about Gab real quick. You guys might not like Gab. I like it. It's a social media site. And guess what? Social media, you don't have the right to use social media, right? There are some people that are trying to force Twitter to, to not ban people. I think it's a terrible idea. I think it's like the trucker thing. It's like a flashy thing. You know, it's cool to have your favorite politician be like, I'm going to create this task force. We're going we're gonna to study committee and we're going to force Twitter to allow you to say stuff. It's like, it sounds good. It's flashy. But even if it's a victory, I don't think that's a victory. I think that's tyranny. Instead of that, 
build your own social media. Gab.com is not better than Twitter, but you could say whatever you want there, except for porn, threats, and other kinds of uh, degeneracy. But you see, the thing is, it doesn't have to be as good as Twitter, but it's a place that, that's ours and they don't control. You don't have to go get with the program in order to use it, right? And we should do this with everything, not just with social media, but with banking and with everything. Like, don't stop planning in your local church until you have a plan in place for every contingency. Because chances are, you've got people in your church already that can do everything you need them to do, right? You've got plumbers, you've got con contractors, you've got farmers, you've got coders, whatever it is. Start today, start networking, planning for the time when you might, might not have access to these conveniences. Make it a protest. Because here's the thing. You want to be able to laugh at their temptations. That's, that's a great place to be in, right? Like, when they, when they tell you, look, you can't come to our, you want to laugh at them. You can't go to your grocery store. I got organic beef over here. You can come to my grocery store if you want. <laughs> right now, you can go to the grocery store. Be grateful for that. Because there might be a time where you have to sell your soul to go to the grocery store. How are you going to feed yourself if, they're, if you're banned from the store? So plan now. You know, right now, someone comes to the door, threatens you, you can call the cops. Be grateful for the cops. But there could come a time that your social credit score is not high enough, the cops aren't going to come. So how would you protect yourself then, right? Plan now so you're not scrambling at the moment. Do the same thing for money and banking. Do the same thing for work. Do the same thing for everything you need. Because that's the kind of protest we need. That's the kind of protest that'll last. And the reason it'll last is because it's applying love through building instead of applying fear through destruction and reviling. I want to, I know I'm out of time, but I'm going to read the scripture again because I want you to think about what I've said and, and recognize that, look, this is God's word for dealing with tyrants and governments, and there's no footnote that says, well, unless the commies are coming, because if the commies are coming, then do whatever you want. Hear the words of God. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Practice ordinary obedience. Ordinary love is your protest. Let it be your defiance. Everyday things. Don't consent to evil. Defy tyrants all day, every day, but do it according to God's commands. It won't get you media attention, or it might not. Sometimes it even does, if that's what you desire. But it might not, 
but it's the right thing to do. You might not get memes made about you, but that's probably a good thing. But it's very pleasing to God. And I just want to reiterate, it is so tempting to pour all your time and all your energy into trying to control things you can't possibly control, like Wall Street, Congress. And I worry about some of this stuff too, like oh, those bankers, you know. It's tempting to do that. But I suggest that you spend most of your time in ordinary defiance, the things you can control. I believe fully that this will lead to the victory that we all seek in every area we seek it. May God bless us and help us. Thanks so much for listening. But real quick, before you go, do us a small favor, take a moment, and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. This is undoubtedly the best way that you can help us get this biblically faithful content to as many people as possible. Thanks so much.